The Video Transcripts, A Reader's Guide Before I put this book together, I sat and watched my 100 videos back-to-back over the course of three days and realized something unmistakable. The confusion experiment was the equivalent of putting the camera in the chrysalis, and the transformation I witnessed was my own. Viewing this was a life-changing experience that brought forth an important question. How willing was I to let go of aspects of who I was so a greater expression could emerge? How willing are any of us? Too often we cling until stagnation sets in and the chance for birth dies in the womb of possibility. Willingness is key. In each of my videos, I witnessed myself as someone who was willing. Willing to explore, willing to question, willing to let go, willing to show herself in the most vulnerable ways simply because of the possibility of insight, growth, and healing through the revealing of truth. Though there were countless times when I wanted to quit, and my mind made up some excellent reasons why I could go back on my word, I knew I had to keep going. I'm old school, and my word means something. I couldn't quit, and I'm grateful now I never did. Fascinated by the transformation my videos revealed, I revisited one of the most studied transformations of them all, the caterpillar becoming the butterfly. The caterpillar dying to itself so the butterfly can live is such a sacred process. In reading an article about butterflies written by David Hiskey, I learned that in order for a caterpillar to change into a butterfly, the caterpillar releases enzymes that literally digest nearly all of its own body. After the digestion process, what's left inside the chrysalis is a very nutrient-rich soup from which the butterfly will begin to form. Within the goo that was the caterpillar are very tiny imaginal disks, which are similar to embryonic cells. These disks are actually present within the caterpillar its whole life, but they stop growing at a certain point and only start again when it's time for the caterpillar to morph into a butterfly. This was so powerful to me. What this meant was that within us is a pre-existing template of perfection and wholeness and divinity that lies dormant, waiting. This is why growing with change and even initiating change is so fundamental to personal evolution. Once the proper time arrives, the imaginal disks of the butterfly-to-be use the nutrients from the digested body of the caterpillar to form different parts of the butterfly's body, with different disks becoming different tissues. Once the process is complete, Nearly every part of the dissolved caterpillar's body is replaced with new parts, forming the butterfly. The imaginal cells put themselves back together into a new shape. This is exactly what happened to me. Meditation digested my mental body. My divinity emerged and reshaped me into who I've always been. In my own experiment, this nutrient-rich soup was the stuff of the divine that I was able to feel into more frequently because of meditation. This divine nature is within us all. When we begin to stir this soup with self-help books, spiritual education, and practices like meditation, the nutrients of our own divinity that have been waiting for us begin to come into form as our real self. This is the self I'm seeking to help people set free. Speaking of the divine, I talk about affirmative prayer in the 100 days. Day 48 touches on it, but I want to make sure you know what I'm talking about because it's a fundamental part of my life. It's powerful and it works. We live in a mental universe where thoughts have creative juice within them and become the stuff of our experience by the universal laws that govern all life. The law of attraction, the law of reciprocity, the law of mental equivalence, to name a few. The spiritual philosophy I embrace, the science of mind and spirit, which is celebrating its 100th year, teaches that a realization of humanity's unity with the spiritual nature of life sets this creative process in motion through our thinking. Thoughts transmit magnetic energy that attracts other energy of the same frequency. Affirmative prayer is a direct, focused, and organized method 
that allows us to activate the creative process by consciously rearranging our thinking. It moves us from what we're experiencing and focusing on to how we want to feel about the situation. For example, I used to say, please God, help me find a job. Now I say, I am guided to my perfect employment. I give thanks for my new job. It's a simplified example, but enough to help you follow what I'm talking about. Affirmative prayer is speaking life into what you desire. One more note about transformation. If one was to cut open the cocoon during this process, it would look like a complete mess. But do you know what's inside that mess? That which is seeking to emerge. So if you feel like you're in chaos and the outrageousness of transformation is happening to you as well, try to remember that the seeds of change lie within your confusion. Divine timing is at hand. You're about to read transcripts of the videos I made during my 100 days of meditation. The process began with my alarm going off and me sitting up in bed and meditating. However, it became obvious to me pretty quickly that I needed to actually get out of bed and sit in a chair or on a couch. Splashing water on my face was an added bonus. After I meditated, I picked up my phone, turned my camera toward me, and just started talking. I never really knew what was going to come through me, and many times I would say exactly that. I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm about to say. But sure enough, things came up and out. To make the reading experience more fluid, nuances of tone and gestures from the videos have been incorporated into the text. I have also taken the advice of my editing team to streamline the transcripts, something I initially resisted because I wanted you to have the raw experience of the videos that represented real time. However, I realized that whereas the viewer was getting a video a day and had time to digest my daily transformation, you, as a reader, are moving through several days at a time, one right after another. This makes it necessary to tighten things up a bit without sacrificing the essence of what was happening. Lastly, the title used for each day's video is included. As a music lover and radio broadcaster, more times than not, a song title captured the essence of what I was talking about that day. And with that, I welcome you to The Confusion Experiment, an invitation that is both scary and exhilarating in its vulnerability. I'm really glad you're here. The 100 Days Day 1. I have no idea what I'm doing. This is day 1 of my 100 days of meditation, where I'm committing to an hour of meditation every morning between 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. and making a video right after that. All of this is very much outside of my comfort zone, but that's okay, because I want to be in a new one, and this is what's going to make it happen. I'm in California still, and I'm so exhausted. I feel like I just came out of a womb. I don't know what the hell happened this weekend, but I'm keeping my word. I've been in a flow group with Sasha, Mark, and Kat, the most excellent Kyle Cease, and his phenomenal staff, Kara and Sarah. I really don't have words for it yet, but it was definitely challenging to stay awake in my meditation today. And that's okay. I did it. Honestly, I feel as confused and chaotic right now as I was all weekend, and beyond that, most of my life. But I also feel some sort of incredible peace and calm, which I'm very, very grateful for. And so begins the confusion experiment. Day 2. I don't know what's going on. I have to tell you, I'm not really quite sure what I'm doing. I'm back in Anchorage, Alaska. I just feel really, really out of sorts today, and my mind is needing a lot of love. I'm blown away by the craziness and the incessant thoughts and perspectives and preferences, all this stuff that my mind is hurling at me. I miss the people that I spent the weekend with, and I have to really love myself today. I'm not out of bed yet. I'm not up to par. I don't feel like I have a lot of energy. 
And of course, my mind doesn't feel like it came home with any answers or clarity and all of this other ridiculousness. On this day two of my meditation challenge, I'm judging it against the meditations I did with the flow group this weekend. I think that I have to make a slight adjustment to exactly what happens at 7 a.m. I might need to give myself permission to get up a few minutes earlier and just go sit in a chair versus sitting in the bed. I don't know, whatever. I don't even know why I'm talking to you like this. But Kyle told me to do it, and I trust him. I trust that he has my best interest in his hands, and he's wanting me to release my magnificence. But it kind of blew me away this morning that I just don't have any clarity. I can see now that I went to this weekend retreat really wanting clarity, wanting direction, wanting specific answers to specific questions. I was thinking about how we were talking about our business on Sunday, the projects, plans, and events we already have. And I was talking about my work with this awakening spirit, wanting to help people set their real selves free. Kyle said, well, what does that mean? And I just hate that. I have such a strong reaction to that when people start talking about marketing and being able to sell the why. Why should someone come to these women's retreats? Why should anybody come to anything that I do? Truly, I know that this stuff is important, but for several years now, I've been trying to figure out the marketing language and figure out what to say and figure out the wording so it's the right wording, so that it touches the right people and it does the job and people show up. It's frustrating that after the time and work and money I've put into these classes and learning about this, that I still didn't know how to answer Kyle's question. And I'm just letting it go today. I'm being totally okay with that. I refuse to believe that the expression of my purpose is hinged on getting the right wording for some ad or website page. I have to let it go. The pressure is too immense. Day three, dazed and confused. It's day three of the confusion experiment, and I'm still very confused, so it must be working. It's so uncomfortable for me to record myself looking au natural. No shower, no makeup, no hair effort, just me as I am. This continues to be something that is really stretching me, and I don't like it at all, but I'm doing it anyway. I feel very low vibration again today. I don't feel happy. I don't feel joy. I was so off the hook excited when I found out I was selected to go to Kyle's retreat. Now I'm questioning, why were you so happy then? Why aren't you happy now? The best thing I can do is acknowledge that I was overjoyed last week because something was happening that my heart had already predicted for me. The other truth I'm sitting with is that I really thought I was going to go to this retreat and get some answers, action steps, or a roadmap. I thought I'd get clarity. Clarity about my life. Clarity about what the hell I'm doing. Clarity about the rest of the year. I had this overwhelming expectation around getting answers. And I didn't. I didn't come back with answers. I don't feel like I have significant action steps. I do have this feeling of, what the hell happened? Is what happened enough for the time and money I spent? But it has to be, right? It has to be enough because that's what happened. It's amazing to simply be in this awareness and to just love myself through it because chomping at my heels is a feeling of depression. It's a very familiar feeling that is so heavy and so sad, and I don't want to feel it. I tell myself this isn't really who you are, this depression is coming up and coming out. It needs to be released. I have to do some shifting today. I have to get some high vibration language coming out of my mouth. I have to tell a story behind the story that my mind is trying to tell me because it's not a good one. There's a pattern here. It seems that other people in my flow group are having a good time with what they learned, having good results already, and I'm not. As I speak, I'm becoming aware that there's a pattern of feeling left behind. The best thing I can do today is really love myself completely, keep writing, 
and stay on my creative edge. Right now, I'm just winging it. I guess by definition that means I've got wings, so that's a good sign. Day four, slip sliding away. I had a deep, intense meditation this morning. Though I've been meditating for many years, I can see that sticking to it for an hour is necessary if I want that depth. What I'm experiencing is about 35 minutes into the meditation, and it's something that I have not been able to touch when I meditate for 15 or 20 minutes a day. This is an interesting experiment just for the meditation part alone. I felt like I was having some sort of emotional shift in the meditation today, and I still feel it. I'm grateful for that. I've been thinking back about yesterday, and I think one thing that's for sure is that I'm eager to touch what's behind all these thoughts. I'm looking forward to piercing the veil, as they say, and being with the one that's behind me, the thinker. Yesterday, we got about 12 inches of snow here in Anchorage, and I was stuck in the snow for a very long time. Eventually, these guys came by and kindly helped push me out. Before leaving, they said, make sure you don't turn the wheel the wrong way. And sure enough, I turned the wrong way and got stuck again. After 45 frustrating minutes, I was finally free, and off I went into the streets. I'm driving a wonderful car that my friend gave me, a 1995 Buick. It has the kind of trunk you can fit four bodies in. It's so dang big. It has these luxurious soft seats, and I'm glad to have it. Unfortunately, it's also about a half inch off the ground. Needless to say, I kept getting stuck and spinning out as I was moving about. I thought, isn't this symbolic? This is how I feel. Stuck, but also ungrounded. I made arrangements to borrow a friend's Subaru so I could get around safely. It took several hours to coordinate the drop-off and slide my way out to where she was. When I saw her, I cried from frustration and stress, and she was very comforting. She reminded me that she, too, has had conflict with her thoughts and that her thinking has put her in the hospital a few times. I didn't know that, and in an odd way, it was comforting to hear that somebody else was having that kind of relationship with their thinking. I know I cry a lot, but man, something was going on with me. Yesterday, I was also supposed to meet up with my great friend and collaborator, Shirley May. We had agreed on a time to meet, and I was running late because of the snow and car swapping. When I got to her house hours late, I was a mess. She made me a cup of tea while I cried out my story about the weekend. Kyle's telling me to write. Can you believe it? I'm having a breakdown and he thinks this whole thing is a book. The man is crazy. Shirley sat on her red couch, nodding her head and saying, Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. At some point, I start to hear her and realize I'm not going to get any sympathy from her. But she was really great. And because she was simultaneously able to hold some space for me while also speaking some truth to me, I began to shift. I began to realize this is happening to me, but it's not who I am. Shirley got up, left the room, and came back with a blank piece of white paper and some colored pencils. Here, she said, handing me the sheet. Fold this in half. I resisted immediately. I knew what she was trying to do. No way, Shirley. I'm not doing it. She would have none of it. Fold this in half. Her tone was serious, and I obliged. Now, take a pencil and write The Confusion Experiment by Camille Conti. Like a child stomping its feet, I begrudgingly followed her instructions. Now, open it, and on the inner page, write Forward by Kyle Cease. By this time, I was laughing at the ridiculousness of it all. I felt better by the time I left. So today, I feel a little lighter. I'm going to start telling a different story. I think that's important to do. Ninety-six more days to go. I've got time. Day 5. Just the tip of the iceberg. This morning, I'm very sensitive to my thinking. My meditation was very deep again. 
I don't know what the hell was going on. I came out of it, but then I fell right back into it. It was quasi-meditation and quasi-sleep at that point, because I was still sitting upright. I hope that, like with any practice, it will become a little bit easier to do. And I'm celebrating that I did it. I felt peace and calm in a lovely way. Yesterday was a much better day, and last night was yet another great blessing because I have these incredible friends in Alaska. I had dinner with two of them, Terry and Mary Kay, who wanted to hear all about my weekend. It was magnificent because they're very aware and active in their consciousness kind of people. They're always seeking to be and become their best selves and are tremendous supporters of what I do. It was a very engaging conversation. The point is, I've talked to a few people about my experience, and lo and behold, I'm not alone. Others are engaging in this topic of confusion, mental chaos, the thoughts, and the thinker. This is all very exciting right now. I feel like an iceberg of thoughts and fears got dislodged and floated away. I can feel that much of the crying I was doing was because the iceberg was leaving. I cried because of everything I thought I needed, everything I thought I needed to understand, everything I thought I went to get from my weekend in California. The tears were the release of all that. They came first from a place of sadness and depression that I didn't get those things, and then from a place of relief. But today, it all feels different. Now I have a sense of eagerness about this 100-day experiment. Day 6, 2 for one There's a definite point in this hour-long meditation where my head starts to tingle. I see these lava-like globs of purple color, and it's seemingly happening when I reach the point where I'm not thinking as much as I was prior to that moment. Today, the thinker, my own mind, is very active. I sit there in my meditation and just observe and wait for that moment when my head starts to tingle because that's when I start to slip into something else. And the next thing I know, I'm not thinking about when this is going to be over or why did I ever agree to this experiment. Those thoughts slip away. And the next thing I know, the timer is going off. I spent some time with another very dear friend, Alan, yesterday, and now I'm acutely aware of the language of my thoughts. I was listening to him share things that were very similar to what I've been saying, that our thoughts present our lives to us and make us feel like we should be worried for some reason or another. We should worry because we don't know everything, because we don't have a specific plan, because we might not be living the eight to five Monday through Friday lives, because we seemingly don't have the kind of security that others have. Pick your poison. Today is April 1st, day of fools, and I'm just sitting with this, and I'm allowing all of it. I'm very excited to get to some writing today. I feel the need to get to that and share more of this awareness, or whatever this thing is. Yesterday, I did my radio show, and I brought up this idea I've had about either changing the format of the show, or maybe doing a second show. I woke up this morning and was like, oh my God, what are you doing? Bringing your inside process to your listeners? Why did you do that? There goes my mind, being fearful and criticizing the desires of my heart. I decided to speak directly to that voice. I know she is not separate. This was me I was talking to. I put my hand on my heart as Matt Kahn teaches, saying out loud, I love you. I love you. One week ago, I was in L.A. with Kyle and the Flow Group, not getting what I thought I needed to get. Instead, I was being cracked open in a way I didn't want to be. Since that time, I can sense that even more has been softened, even more has broken away, and more space is being created for something to emerge. I don't know what that is, but I can feel it. I trust that it is happening without my oversight and control. In the meantime, I'm continuing to speak love to myself, and I'm asking myself, what do you need? What do you need to do next? I move forward from those responses. It's April Fool's Day. What does a fool believe? Well, I feel like I've been face-to-face -face with my fool for at least eight days now. 
and I love her. Day 7. Breakup Here in Alaska, we're inside a season we call breakup. Breakup is when the temperature rises and things begin to melt. The enormous amount of snow that has fallen this year has begun to turn into piles of slush. These incredible weapon-like icicles that have been hanging from buildings are now dangling, hanging on by a thread of ice as everything is going back to its original form, water. I'm relating to this. It's how things feel internally, messy and slushy. I have to slog my way through knowing that, eventually, something wonderful is going to be born from the muck and mess. I have a sense of that time which is coming, the time where the snow is gone, the grass begins to show itself, and the trees begin to bud. There's a feeling of life and energy and hope. That's what I'm knowing today, that in the midst of this experiment that I definitely did not want to do today, I'm in breakup. It took many hours to get through the single hour of my meditation because things got messy and sloshy. I had to stomp my way through it all to get to this, but I did. Today I'm going to use the wonderful ideas from the spiritual teacher Esther Hicks and tell a story that raises my vibration. I'm going to take a drive and let this amazing place do what it always has done, fill my soul with its majestic beauty. I'm also appreciating a conversation I had with Kara, Kyle's assistant. I texted her earlier this morning because I felt like I was losing my shit, and she called me. She listened and shared some thoughts. She helped me see how I have valued my mind and confused my thinking with the mind that knows all. In truth, they couldn't be more different. My mind can lay out the argument and absolutely convince me that this whatever this may be, is the one right thing. And seconds later, it can lay out another argument and convince me that it isn't. So yeah, perhaps it's not the best guidance system to depend on. Day 8. A little help from my friends. I just finished my first video call with Sasha, who's back home in Australia. I mentioned to her that I didn't do my meditation video this morning because I moved from one house-sitting job to the next and my phone died, but I left my cord at the other house. Though I finally found another one and had charged my phone, I had decided to just make tomorrow day eight. She so sweetly said, all right, or you could do it right now. So I'm doing the video for day eight, even though it's nighttime. This morning, I don't even think I had opened my eyes. I was just barely conscious, and bam, all these thoughts were right there. I couldn't believe how many of them were waiting for me. I thought, man, how does this work? Do these things just swim around in a pool all night long, and then as soon as somebody wakes up, zoom, they go right into the person? While meditating, I was more acutely aware of these thoughts. I'm starting to really feel how I am not those thoughts. After talking to Sasha, I feel grateful. I feel lighter, the way I do any time one butterfly talks to another butterfly and they get to flap their wings together for a bit. The four of us from the flow group are all going to talk on Wednesday and I'm excited to see everyone else and catch up. It's a wonderful thing to be traveling along with this committed group of people who are ready to say yes to their heart and their magnificence and to whatever is wanting to emerge. Sometimes that isn't easy to do. I loved myself through these last several days. They were really quite intense. And today is a better day. Day 9. The Womb of Creation when I went into my meditation this morning, I asked to be taken into the womb. Today is my birthday, and I wanted to just travel into my mother's womb and remember what that was like. It was really a remarkable and beautiful experience. I was nestled in the womb of the universe. I was seeing me as this tiny, curled-up, cocooned baby who was fully sourced, being given everything she needed to live, and had this beautiful and amazing host. It was so peaceful just to be suspended in that liquid love of life itself. Then suddenly the contractions were coming and it was wild to be inside the womb when it was time for me to be born. The discomfort, pressure, 
difficulty and the pain of going from where I was into where I was going was tremendous. The next thing I knew, I was outside, looking at my head crowning, then watching my shoulders come out. It was pretty intense. This baby was placed on her mother's stomach and just held and loved. I felt a deep connection to that journey today. I love my mom and my dad. I know we chose each other. I still don't like the vulnerability I feel doing these videos after such a beautiful meditation. Day 10, the morning after. Things did not go according to plan. I was out late last night enjoying my birthday, and as a result, I did not hear my alarm or the early phone call from Kaleem, my Wednesday morning prayer partner. I didn't get into my meditation until about 8.30, and then the phone started ringing with stuff I needed to deal with, and I had to take those calls. I've only really gotten about a half hour in today, but I wanted to get my video done and be accountable to what I'm doing. I am slightly horrified by the idea that I have to do 90 more of these videos. I can't say that I like it any more today than I did on day one. My mind remains active about what it thinks I should be doing and saying, and it's all just so interesting. Today I'm realizing that my life is calling me to do some things differently. One of them is to try to get to bed earlier at night. I tend to be a very late-night person, but I can see that how I start my day changes dramatically, even if I'm able to get to bed by 11 or 12. This is better for me and much earlier than I normally go to sleep. The other thing is that I'm going to release some online courses I created a few years ago and make them available at no cost. I think it's time to set them free and see if they help people. Day 11, the deconstruction of the mind. In my meditation this morning, I realized that clarity and needing to have answers and direction, they're all constructs of the mind to make the ego feel like it's in control. In reality, it's just made up. We're so obsessed with needing to know and having a five-year plan and goals and vision boards. There's an idea that we need to be able to answer all the questions about what we're doing with our lives. It's so stressful. But for me, it's also boring. This automated way of living hasn't inspired me for a really long time. Maybe I'm dealing with the final pieces that have to fall away. I have lived from my heart space, and I know the heart is where the one resides. I know that's where the big mind lives. When I went to the weekend retreat with Kyle, I said, I want to live from my heart all the time. But in order to do that, I can see how these constructs of my mind have to be loved and released. That's what's been happening, the deconstruction of this whole way of being and living. I've been in my heart space and doing all these things for the last three years, traveling, teaching, caring for my mom, and trying to launch into the world with my gifts and talents reorganized in a way that allows something new to emerge. This morning, I'm realizing that knowing is just a distraction. For me, right now, it's about coming home to my heart and allowing it to inform and inspire me. Live from your heart. What does that mean? What has to fall away? Where can't you live anymore if you want to live from your heart? How does this change things? How does it change me? What's trying to emerge from the place that keeps calling me back to it? I'm once again seeking to establish something that's different for me. All I can do is keep trying and set myself up to do the best I can. I don't always do it. It's important to love that and just try again without any blame, shame, criticism, or beating myself up. None of that. It's time to really love ourselves and be gentle with ourselves. Stop needing to improve something that's already perfect. Day 12, holding a space of love. I just can't help but continue to marvel at the symbolism of the breakup going on outside with Mother Nature and the breakup that's going on within me. It's actually immensely supportive to witness that which is happening inside myself mirrored in the outside world makes me feel like I'm right where I'm supposed to be. There's a time, a season, and a reason. All day long, 
The sun shines on these massive blocks of snow hanging from the roof, and there's a non-stop dripping of water. There's an actual visual of something solid turning into something liquid from the heat of the sun. Maybe these hour-long meditations are similar to the heat of the sun for me. At certain times of the day, there's been enough melting and loosening for huge slabs of snow to rumble off the roof and hit the ground, and right behind it is another slab. That's how it's been feeling for me. There are huge chunks melting and falling away, and space is opening. Last night was a remarkable evening. I was in the presence of three other very high-consciousness people. There was a lot of energy moving in the room. I realized that our hearts are cracking open for all sorts of reasons. It's happening no matter who you are, whether it's private or public, expressed through tears or anger. Our hearts are breaking open. One of the most important things we can do is to simply stay with ourselves as the emotions rise up from all the places where we've stored them to deal with later. This isn't always easy or pleasant. However, we get the opportunity to witness this process and hold our tender hearts. We get to witness the iceberg breaking and floating away. We can also hold this space for each other. Don't judge the moment if it happens for you or somebody else. Just absolutely love on each other. Speaking of loving ourselves, creating these videos has helped me decide that I'm done with making disparaging comments about my looks. That's been a very long-held oppression against myself, and I'm not doing it anymore. I'm ready to reclaim all the truth about myself and my beauty. I'm not going to let those voices and those thoughts communicate anything less than I am enough and I love myself exactly as I am. Day 13, the now of the heart. My meditation didn't happen until 9 p.m. today, and I still did it. Things are shifting. I'm noticing that I am receiving insight, and dare I say, clarity. Afterwards, I went for a walk and was asking myself, what are we going to do? I'm not feeling it here in Anchorage right now. The plans I've made have been falling apart. Projects are stalling. What is going on? What am I doing and where am I going? In my mind, I was writing the pros and cons list. Then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm trying to make a decision and plan from the past, from what I've already done. I realized that is not necessarily what I want to do. I have been doing that and it's not working right now. Suddenly, I thought about this book and the writing that I've been working on. I thought, what if I just locked onto this writing and really gave these next 45 days everything I could give it? What if I went back to New Jersey and helped my mom for a six-week phase and got some basic chop wood carry water jobs? I'll tell you what, my entire body lit up and got electrified. I felt immediate lightness and excitement and thought, this is our inner guidance system giving us a big yes. It was powerful. And guess what? I feel like I have some direction. I know these hour-long meditations are doing something wonderful. I know that things shift when we keep showing up for what is and accepting what is. I know how important it is to keep holding our hearts and surround ourselves with good people who listen when we're losing it. I know that Mother Nature shows us how with enough sunlight, that which is ice cold and hardened eventually begins to melt and break away, making room for something else to emerge. Day 14, The Grab It's already late in the evening, though it's still light outside. This is how Alaskans measure the return to spring. If the sun is still up after 5 p.m., it's a good sign. The days are getting longer here in the Great Land. However, today wasn't a great morning. I'm releasing old trauma from my body. This release started back when Trump's pussy-grabbing conversation with Billy Bush came out. I mean, seriously? His name is Billy Bush? After that happened, I was on Twitter and stumbled upon writer Kelly Oxford sharing the first time she was sexually assaulted, and others followed suit. I began reading and I was pulled into the momentum of this universal experience as women all over the world told their stories of assault in 144 characters. 
My own story rose swiftly from its perch in the depths of my unconscious. I left my body as the entire scene played out in my mind. In 1983, I was thrown to the ground while waiting for the New Jersey PATH train. I was standing alone on an outdoor platform, and this man came up from behind me. He knocked me down to the cement, punched and slapped me, and was on top of me grabbing my pussy. As he began to unzip my pants, a whistle blew in the distance, and he jumped off and ran. The train pulled up, and as the doors opened, I stumbled inside. I was traumatized by the memory, and it really shook me to my core. This is why I marched in the Women's March in Washington, D.C. That's why Inauguration Day was very difficult for me. So now I'm just loving myself and holding this space for myself and hoping that in allowing it to come up, it's being released forever. Day 15. Listen Deeply. My impulse today is to remain quiet and to listen deeply and to stay connected with nature. I'm staying out of the headlines, the news, and off social media, aside from posting my after-meditation video. I want to continue to keep my vibration high by being mindful of all that I am so grateful for and for the many blessings that fill my life, and to see how I can be of service to people and to my community today. These are tender days, and I'm going to follow the counsel that I've received this morning in my meditation, which is to simply listen deeply. Day 16, Full Moon Fever. It's 8 o'clock at night on a full moon eve here in Anchorage, Alaska, the land of the midnight sun. I'm looking at this moon, almost as bright as daylight, thinking of that Springsteen song, Mama always told me not to look into the eyes of the sun, but Mama, that's where the fun is. I clearly need to refresh my commitment to this meditation project because I have a story, and the story is that I'm not a morning person. Waking up and sitting up in bed is not necessarily working. I did that this morning and everything was good until the next thing I knew, I woke up. That's not what I want to experience. I have to actually get out of bed, have a glass of water, and sit down somewhere else. I want to do this right. By right, I mean that I want to do this in a way that will bring to me the fullest experience possible. Things are happening, and I have seen and felt a difference since I've been meditating for an hour every day. I guess one of the things I've been thinking about is this identity piece. I keep thinking about how I was planning my future from my past experiences when what seems to be true is that something is coming out of this experiment and experience, which is nothing I've ever done before. I keep thinking that maybe I need to release more of the me I've known myself to be in order to make room for the me that's trying to emerge. I don't think I'm necessarily losing one to the other. It feels like I'm simply making room for the other. I came to Alaska to be a part of all these projects, and it's been very interesting to see how many have stalled. I do need to make some decisions about what to do next. I do have these irreconcilable distances between New Jersey and Alaska, but I want to get beyond that and get to the heart of the matter. So that's what I've been doing. I'm trying to reduce the stimuli and listen to my heart. There could not be a better geographical place for the heart than Alaska. She is stunning and majestic and sacred. On a night like tonight, when the sun is going down and the moon is coming up at the same time, it's unlike any other place on earth. Day 17. Come on up for the rising. Wow. Things are starting to accelerate. I was watching some of Kyle's videos last night, and I took notes about what I wanted to talk about today. I want to move to a place where the question, what do I do, leaves my vocabulary. That lit me up. I got excited about living a life where my confidence and sense of knowing comes from within. We have been taken out of ourselves. We've been trained to believe that the people and the systems outside of us know better than our own sense of things, and I want out of that. In my work as a spiritual educator, I tell people, I don't have your answers. Yet, I definitely went to L.A. wanting Kyle to give me the answers. What a paradox. And that desire definitely caused me pain. 
Over the last two weeks, I've been staying present with the pain, and it's been breaking down and ultimately breaking away the core of who I am. It's necessary in order to live from my heart. To do so, I have to stop living from my mind. I can see that all that I've been has gotten me to this moment. All of the ways I've thought, all of the ways I've lived, all of the decisions I've made, all the ways in which I've expressed who I am, all of it has gotten me to this moment, meditating and then recording with a shaking cell phone. But it's not necessarily what's going to get me to the next moment, and that is more powerful today than it was a couple of weeks ago. This experiment has been downright frightening. It's felt like death because, on some level, it is death. And isn't it purposeful and perfect that Easter is on the horizon? I'm not a practicing Catholic, but I grew up Catholic, and I have a great appreciation for the symbolism of some of the holy days. The metaphysical interpretation of Easter is very powerful. For me, the resurrection shows us that they can kill you, but they cannot take your life. You cannot kill energy. We are eternal. We are made up of stardust. Last night, my friend Kelly and I drove south of Anchorage to watch the full moon rise. It had already come up over the Chugash Mountains that line the city, and we went to a place called Potter Marsh, where the moon had not yet climbed above the peaks. I was watching the white glow prior to the moon's sliver appearing and was impressed by how bright the light was before we could actually see the source. I looked up at the stars and the planets and was thinking about how the Creator is so playful. It said to itself, I'm going to be looking through these expressions of myself called people, and we're going to be looking skyward, so let me put myself in actual shapes and sizes that we can name and label. The Big Dipper, Orion, it will be a playground above us. Nothing matters, and everything matters. You hang out in the darkness with the moon rising and the planets twinkling, and everything becomes really super clear. The intelligence that's raising that moon is rising in me, and I am here to give it full permission to guide me. It does have my answers. It is my clarity. All that I am looking for, I already have. I've known this, but clearly I have to become aware of how I've allowed my thoughts to live for me and to compress, restrict, and oppress me. I'm just in awe of how it all is evolving. I'm awake for it. I'm aware of it. I'm staying present with it, and these hour-long meditations are absolutely the perfect prescription for me right here and right now. Day 18. It's within. I'm really excited today because I'm going to do some heart work exercises from the flow group. I'm going to write down all the decisions I believe I have to make. I'm going to list all of the possible paths I could choose in regard to these decisions and list my responses to them. Then I'll put each decision in my body. I'm going to feel each one and take note of what constricts me and what expands me. I'm going to trust that the expansive response is coming from my heart and that by saying yes and trusting, everything I need to know next will appear. The other exercise is to make a list of my heart's desires all of the things I really want to be, all of the things I want to do and experience from the point of view that I can't fail. I won't get punished. I won't go broke. And my life won't go irretrievably off course. Then I'm going to take one thing from the list and I'm going to do one of those things today. I'm taking a leap of faith and I'm taking all of my decision-making into my body and allowing my inner guidance system and my heart to tell me which way to go. Why not give that a try with me? Day 19. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Last night I was on the phone with Sasha and I realized what a great gift it is to have somebody hold me accountable. It's a great gift to have someone who knows my dreams and visions and knows what's going on for me because she's going through it too. We were talking about these post-meditation videos, and she was telling me that she cross-promotes them from her business and personal pages. I told her I was just posting my videos on the This Awakening Spirit page. She asked me why. 
Why aren't you putting those on your personal page? I knew the answer, but I didn't want to say it. She intuitively asked, Are you scared? And of course, it all came rushing to the surface. Hell yeah, I'm scared. I got a chance to talk about that with her and make room for the part of me that was feeling way too vulnerable about being rejected and made fun of, which goes back to my childhood. Perhaps you can relate. I felt afraid to show my authentic self on my personal Facebook page where people actually know me. To be so raw in front of them felt like a really big deal. Sasha said, but Camille, how are you going to reach thousands of people if you're not being real and authentic to the ones that already know you? She had a point. After we hung up, I shared the day two video on my personal page. It felt exciting and scary and tremendously liberating. I was no longer giving power to fear. I thought about the exercises I did yesterday where I made a list of things that light me up being with my friends, getting on my bicycle, going to the beach. Then it became universal. It excites me to explore a new radio show format. It excites me to get up on stage and do exploratory conversations with people. It excites me to be impactful. It excites me to work with a group of people towards something that goes beyond myself. I was giving my heart a chance to speak. And true to my word, I did one of the things on my list something I've been talking about doing for a long time. I recorded a video asking Bruce Springsteen for an interview. It felt incredible. To see myself ask for the interview, I was like, yes, absolutely. That got me thinking, what else can I do from my list? This feels like a good way to start living from my heart. I looked over the other list where I wrote down the decisions I believe I have to make. I had so many I had to put it down and come back to it because, dang, it was quite the list of things that are weighing me down. Questions like, should I stay in Alaska or go back to New Jersey? Should I go back to New Jersey for May and then go to L.A. for the Agape Meditation Retreat and then come back up here? Should I drive my car up here and leave it? Or, hold on, all of that is an obsession with not knowing. Behind that is an obsession with asking questions that posture me as not knowing. And behind that is a part of me that has bought into looking for answers outside of myself and believing that I don't have the answer. When I spent a pile of money to take courses, to learn how to do all the things that entrepreneurs are doing to sell their services and products, it was what I thought I had to do. I'm glad I did it because I did learn many things. But this whole idea of grabbing emails and creating funnels and getting the subject and the wording just so, all designed to get people to open my emails, it felt wrong from the beginning. It felt laborious and against my authentic self. Behind all of that effort were all of these what-ifs. What if they don't open the email? What if I don't word this correctly? What if? What if? What if? This just isn't my truth. I'm doing something different, and I'm starting to touch what it is that I'm here to do.